Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome, everyone, to episode 120 of the NBA podcast. I'm Brian Toporek, and today today's going to feel like a Christmas story for Bulls fans. We're going to talk about the ghost of Christmas past, Derek Rose signing with the Minnesota Timberwolves, the ghost of Christmas present, the Chicago Bulls being warned about tanking or resting healthy players from the NBA, and then the ghost of Christmas future. We need to talk about what's next for the Bulls and whether the NBA should be punishing teams that rest healthy players down the stretch of the season. We're also going to touch on Corey Brewer and whether he's actually a thing in OKC, and if it's time to start worrying about Stephen Curry's ankle. Before we get into all of that, please follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. In our bio, you can find our handles, so please follow us as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some reviews. We'd love any feedback. We're being hosted this year on FanRag Sports, so check them out on Twitter at FanRag Sports and for their NBA content at FRS Hoops with a Z. And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> All right, save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Joining me today, as always, is my very stable genius of a co-host, Morton Jensen. How's it going, Mort? I would be doing a hell of a lot better, Brian, if Draft Express returned <laughs> to the way it was. I know. We, yeah, we talked earlier about how we, uh, we're both very sad this time of year when... We can't access the old Draft Express, and now it's... We know they all work for ESPN now, and they're still producing great content, but we miss the actual interface of Draft Express. Mm. So ESPN head honchos, if you're listening, just let them bring back the old site, lack the whole damn thing behind a paywall. Yeah, I would pay for that. I would pay for Draft Express. The thing is, I would pay for... I would have paid for Draft Express previously if they put up a paywall, but now that they've gone to ESPN and the whole thing isn't as great, why why would I pay out now? Yeah. Like, that they had a fantastic product. Yeah. I would absolutely have thrown money at that. Yeah, me too. Me too. And that that's a good way to note. Next episode, we're recording this on Saturday, March 10th. Uh, we obviously know the NCAA tournament bracket for men's comes out tomorrow, March 11th. So in our next episode, we will be previewing... The NCAA tournament, uh, and basically the NBA implications, the prospects to watch, the matchups to watch. We're going to go whole, all down the draft board, so keep an eye out for that. That'll be out in the middle of next week. 
In the meantime, Mort, we got to talk about your former team a lot today. So let's start with the Timberwolves side of things. They signed Derrick Rose this week for the rest of the season. The Utah Jazz bought him out after Cleveland traded him at the trade deadline. We thought this was going to happen. It sounded like right after the Jazz bought him out, there were rumors that he was going to sign with the Jazz, or the Timberwolves just because Tibbs, and he loves all of his former mm. players. But you know, after a couple weeks went by and nothing happened on that front, the Timberwolves denied interest publicly in him. It seemed like, oh, well, maybe they're not going to do it. So finally, the inevitable happened. Derrick Rose is now a Timber pup. Uh, how much do you think he's going to help that team, if at all? He's a Timber Bull. Timber Bull, that's right. I do yeah. I do enjoy that moniker. Yeah. Um, well, he's pretty much done, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, he, if he starts, not starts, if he gets minutes in front of Tyus Jones, I should say, I'm going to be really, really pissed at tips. Mm-hmm. Tyus Jones is arguably the best point guard on Minnesota's team right now. I mean, I, I don't think the, the gap between him and Teague are significant. Uh, if there even is one, like, it's it's pretty even. And now you throw D. Rose into the mix. I, 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 I think I would get it a little bit if they play Rose as a two. Mm-hmm. So if... if Tips does go to a bench unit, which I know sounds ridiculous. You know, bench right. unit tips, right? right. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, Tyus Jones and Derek Rose together in the backcourt, I could see somehow working out a little bit if Rose plays off the ball because he's actually always been a decent off ball cutter. Mm-hmm. So if he can get back to that game just a little bit, that that would probably help. But overall, I'm not really confident in that. <laughs> working out to the extent that Rose himself maybe believe because he still feels that he's a a max caliber player and and everything and 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 no no that's that's just not the case and look let's just be honest when this happened we we have a very engaging uh twitter thread dms yep. chain with a couple of guys and and you know a lot of people were like why is any team giving Derrick Rose another shot? Shot? I don't. I don't get it. Yeah. And we were just nodding along. Mm-hmm. Nope. We don't either. So uh, maybe maybe the reuniting with Tips does something to make him play just a little bit better than he did in Cleveland. I don't know, but we'll see. Uh, I'm not a big believer. Well, I'm going to don a D-Rose stand hat for a second because those people are still out there, apparently. Which, oh, yeah. Which I didn't oh, realize yeah. until recently. I really. I, oh, no, it's bad. But let me let me play D-Rose stand for a second and say, wait, Mort, didn't he average 18 points a game last year for the Knicks? How are you saying he's done? Oh, yeah. yeah don't don't forget the, the second favorite argument for Derrick Rose stands. And he did it on 47% shooting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He should have been an all-star Basic- last year. <laughs> oh, 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 God. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, dear Derek Rostand, that that should just not factor in. The stats for last year should just not factor in. It was a horrible Knicks team. He just... He, he was stat-padding. I mean, I guess it was better than people expected, and he did have moments where he actually looked good. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll give him that. But it wasn't consistent, and he's still not a consistent shooter, his defense just 
ever since the torn ACL, his defense just fell off a cliff. Mm-hmm. Like during his MVP season, the his defense was actually pretty decent, but that was the first year that it had been decent. Mm-hmm. He had been an awful defender in the first two years, and then immediately after uh, the ACL, it turned back to to crap. So. He's just a, a major negative on that end of the floor, which Tips is probably going to kill him at 20 games in. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, I guess the good thing is that if Tibbs plays D-Rose as many minutes as he plays his starters, D-Rose is going to go down five games into his Timberwolves tenure. So we won't have to worry about it that long. But overall, Mort, I'm going to take the standing hat off and say I completely agree that if he plays more minutes at the expense of Tyus Jones, like, that could cost them in the playoff standings. Like, they are right... I mean, they're numbered. They're they're tied for sixth right now. They're, they're all a game and a half back of Portland at three with the Spurs and the Thunder as well. Like, they're, they're still not a lock to make the playoffs, provided that Jimmy Butler doesn't come back. You know, we don't know exactly when he's going to come back. They said four to six weeks. We don't know if it's going to be the early or the later end of that timetable but as you said Mort I mean I'm, I'm, I'm gonna stop short of saying Tyus Jones is the best point guard on that roster because I think Jeff Teague is good and he's he's played better there than I expected him to to be quite honest but to your point Tyus Jones is fourth in ESPN's real plus minus among all point guards he's behind Chris Paul James Harden Stephen Curry Derrick Rose is 92nd so if Derrick Rose is getting minutes at the expense of Tyus Jones, that's a disaster. I like the idea, as you mentioned, of playing him at the two at times, but it, especially with the Butler injury, the Timberwolves bench, I mean, again, it's Tibbs, he doesn't really use his bench, but it's already pretty backcourt heavy. I mean, you have Tyus Jones, Jamal Crawford, Bielik is now in the starting lineup, so you have Gorgie Jang. You would have to, I mean, if you play Jones, Crawford, and Rose together, one of them has to play the three almost. Or you're just going to have like a super small lineup out there, which Mm. Tibbs does not strike me as the modern thinking coach who is going to be willing to do that. So it does feel like, I don't know, I'm I'm intrigued to see how it fits and how Rose works in there and whether the reunion is a good thing. Maybe it really does revive his career, but... And, and we just have a very fitting tweet coming up from Nick Friedel, actually. Oh uh, Derek Rose, a quote from Derek Rose. If I get the rhythm, who knows how good I can be. Oh, my God. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I, I got to give him credit for at least believing. Yeah. I mean, the conviction is there. <laughs> right. His game isn't, right. but his conviction is there, which is, I mean, that has to count for, for something. But I think... Not much, but something. To, you mentioned this earlier. Like, he, he still thinks of himself... Or it seems like, I mean, we don't know. We haven't spoken to him personally and, like, sat down with him. But it, based on all of his right. comments, it seems like he still thinks of himself as, like, you know, I can get back to being this max player, back to my MVP ceiling. And, like, yeah. maybe he can, but probably not. Like, he needs to adapt the mindset of, like, I'm going to be a role player and I'm going to fill that role well. And, like, if I could provide anything more than that, that's icing on the cake. But, like, they're not mm. bringing me in to be MVP Derrick Rose. They're bringing me in to play 15 minutes off the bench while Jimmy Butler recovers. Right. And, by the way, I do think we can speak on Derrick Rose's behalf since he <laughs> thought it was fitting for him to talk on men's behalf. Sure. Good point. Because, remember, we men, right. Brian. Right. So, we can assume. 
I guess so. So, yeah. Yeah, so I, I don't feel bad talking on Derek's behalf because he has no qualms to do it with do it with us, I guess. So Yeah. Yeah. It's going to yeah. be it, it feels like I mean, I guess it's like I want to say it's low risk because if in theory <clears throat> if he doesn't pan <throat> out, Tibbs just doesn't have to play him. Like who gives a shit? But because it's Tibbs, it feels like it's actually a a lot the, the risk is higher than re- the reward here because it feels like Tibbs is going to be stubborn and try to cling to his old player and like get that ceiling back out from him at the expense of an actually good Tyus Jones. I don't know. I'm nervous. I'm nervous about the Timberwolves. Jimmy Butler better get back soon. Yep. No, I mean the Timberwolves could actually risk losing missing out on the playoffs like we talked about this previously before the jimmy butler injury just changes everything and that's that's a huge problem for him i mean i don't know if Derek was signed to be sort of a a, a jimmy butler replacement for the time being mm-hmm. but if he was and if the hope is oh he'll come in and and produce at a level that'll keep us afloat or keep us to, you know towards playing winning basketball that logic should just be thrown out of the goddamn window. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, I mean, they've lost three straight now. As I mentioned, they're tied with the Spurs and the Thunder. They're only a game and a half up on the Clippers, Nuggets, and Jazz, who are all tied for the AC right now. So, like, Oh, that's not beautiful. Yeah. Right. Like, none of these teams' playoff spots are safe. I'm pretty confident now in Portland. They're four games up. Damian Lillard has turned into Steph Curry Jr. They've won nine straight mm. games. Like, I... You know, it would take a lot for Portland to miss, but outside of Portland, from New Orleans down to the Jazz, it's still anyone's game. Because as we saw, Anthony Davis can hurt one rib or, you know, just pick up a random injury, and that's it for the Pelicans, probably. I mean, if he goes down for the season, they're done. Oh, yeah. This, oh, yeah. The Spurs and the No, team. wait a second, because, no, 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 Nico. Nico is going <laughs> to average like 40. Yeah, Nico and Emeka Okafor going to carry the Pelicans to the playoffs. I, I I would love that. Would. That would be the weirdest storyline of all time. Like, imagine if the Pelicans just went to the first round and actually beat their matchup. That would be hilarious. Like with with that with Miritich and Emeka Okafor. <laughs> that would be just so irrationally fantastic. Yeah, there was going to be at least one really screwy Western Conference storyline from that first round, especially if like a Minnesota ends up sixth and then Jimmy Butler comes back and it's like, oh well, they're playing the Blazers, and they're actually favored. Mm-hmm. Because uh, they have a, a former MVP on their team. How could they lose? Yeah. Uh, oh, the former MVP. I love that argument. Yeah. It's just uh, the former MVP, Derek Rose. And it's just like, yeah, that's fine and all, but that doesn't really describe. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> you know. Yes, he was a former I mean, MVP did, did, six years ago. Yeah, like ago, when, right? when Minnesota reacquired Kevin Garnett, did they go, oh, yeah. former MVP <laughs> right. Kevin Garnett? Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh. All right, let's let's pivot from the Timberwolves to the Bulls now. We need to talk about uh, the warning mm-hmm. they received this week from the NBA. We mentioned right. this a couple episodes ago. They had they had basically openly. I mean, <laughs> they had said they were tanking without actually saying the word tanking. But they had said, we're not going to play Robin Lopez and Justin Holiday anymore. They're healthy, but we just want to evaluate our young talent. So our veterans are just going to rest. And the NBA, this week, according to Sham Sharani of Yahoo Sports, said, uh, hold up a second, guys. What are you doing? You can't do that. 
it feels like this is the NBA. We know that Adam Silver and the NBA are looking into potentially legalizing or helping to legalize sports gambling. So, you know, having teams rest healthy players for a month and a half of the season kind of undermines the integrity of the game and the competitive balance of the game. And if you're pursuing the gambling route, that's where you have to intervene. But more, I guess my first question is, where was the NBA last year when the Phoenix Suns rested yep. Brandon Knight and Bledsoe. Tyson Chandler at, like, at the same exact, right after the All-Star break, both of those guys were done for the year. Same with the Bulls. And then yep. Bledsoe, too, as you said, mid-March, done for the year, even though he was healthy. Like, why the about face? Is it just the gambling thing? No, I think this is because the narrative recently has been about tanking. So many teams are tanking right now, and it, that's a bad look for the league. And they saw an opportunity to step in and, and sort of set an example. Mm-hmm. And that's what they tried to do. The Bulls completely undermined them last night because yes. they then played Robin Lopez and Justin Holiday yep. for the first quarter. Yep. And then those two guys did not see the court again, uh, which I kind of like, honestly, because... Why should one team be singled out? Yeah. That seems ridiculous to me. Um, you could argue that every <laughs> every team in, in the tanking conversation right now are doing things that would help them not to win games. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, look, Dallas is not playing Nerlens Noel. Mm-hmm. So, theoretically, why should they not be penalized? Well, he actually has recently come back into the lineup and is playing relatively well, but... Your point stands. I mean, like, Memphis is holding Marcus all out of back-to-backs, even though he's otherwise healthy. The, I mean... Right, but... Yeah, to, just sorry, but what I when I say don't play Nerlens Noel, I mean starters minutes. Oh, yeah, Like, yeah, he's yeah, obviously, yeah. like, a lot better than the minutes that he's been given of late. I mean, let me just... Yeah. Like, 15, 15, 7... Okay, he did have... Fair enough. I didn't see he played 25 minutes the other day. Mm-hmm. That's That's definitely an improvement. So that's mm-hmm. fair. But for the first three games, I was looking at that box score going, <clears throat> 15, 15 right. minutes? Come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. And then some of these teams, like the Kings, are playing Zach Randolph even though he's been bad for like the last two months. Like some of these teams are, right. they're setting lineups designed to lose. Yeah. So like... And also, like, like if you're a team, right... Like let's say you're a team and you have some veterans on your on your squad. Like th- theoretically, let let's say you had Robin Lopez and Justin Holiday, but let's say they weren't as good as they've been this year. Mm-hmm. Like it would totally be in your prerogative to sit them if you felt they didn't provide. Right. So theoretically, even though they're healthy, you know, you always have healthy bodies on a roster that don't play. Mm-hmm. So the Bulls could tell the league, "Well, we just don't feel that they've delivered." Mm-hmm. I mean, it would be a lie, right. obviously, right. but who's the NBA to say otherwise? Like, it's Fred Hoiberg's call. He could just say to the league, well, you know what? I don't like our spacing mm-hmm. when Robin's in there. <laughs> I don't like this and that. When when Justin Holiday, I, I think our defense is thrown off. Yeah. Like, he can make up any BS excuse he wants to. He's the coach. He has final say. Mm-hmm. And l- so I don't like the league intervening in, intervening in, in these matters. I think it's a step forward that they changed the lottery system because yeah. I think that would eliminate these type of things. Mm-hmm. But this year, just go wild, wild fucking west on it. Right. Like, what's to stop the Bulls from, like, saying, oh, Robin Lopez has a toe injury that's going to knock him out for the final five weeks of the season. Exactly. Like, it, it just feels like a slippery slope to me, too. Like, 
A, why didn't they jump in last year with the Suns? This is not, like, the Bulls are not the first team that has done this. B, Mm -hmm. like, where do you stop? Like, it just feels like, I mean, do you you go out to the Mavericks, as you mentioned, Mort, and say, hey, Nerlens Noel is better than, you know, he's better than some of the other guys you're playing. Give him more minutes. Or like, hey, why isn't Dirk Nowitzki playing crunch time minutes? That seems like you're pl- yep. designing it to lose because Dirk Nowitzki's actually playing really well this year. But when it's yeah. when you're in a close game at the end of a game, where is Dirk? He's on the bench. Like you are intentionally, and your owner <laughs> got fined six hundred thousand dollars for admitting it is in their best interest to lose. I, yeah, but that was that. That like they probably figured that the fine on Cuban was enough, right? Yeah. So now they needed to set an example in a different manner, and the warning. The war, the big warning, like oh, scary, scary NBA warning. Mm-hmm. Like I, 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 actually really dig what the Bulls were doing. Yeah, um, just playing them twelve minutes. I, I, that was a major middle finger to an appropriate, inappropriate situation. So I, I don't mind. I really don't. And then I mean, let's like, do you think right now, <laughs> as you mentioned, they played the Lopez and Holiday the whole first quarter last night, rested them for the rest of the game. Do you think the NBA is still is that enough to satisfy them? <laughs> no, <laughs> but what can they do? Right. Again, they can't decide the minutes numbers. They just, they they can. I mean, Fred Horberg is the coach, and they need to acknowledge that they they don't really have a leg to stand on here if they want to control minutes. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that doesn't make any sense. So, uh, I mean, if they have a problem with it, they'll probably raise the point, but. Chicago would have a perfect counter. We played them. You said right. it. You told us not to sit healthy players. Right. We played them. Yeah. Are you gonna invoke a, a like a a minimum minute restriction on our roster now? Because then, hey, you can just take over. Do you want to be like con- right. control of New Orleans two point Yeah. You know, I mean, that's that's just not that's not having team control. So. It's it's dumb, and I just I can't wait for next year because I think so much of this is just goes away. Yeah, I agree. Um, and the the Bulls could then turn around and instead of playing them all twelve minutes of the first quarter, you could start playing them the first three minutes of every quarter, and then sit them the rest. So they still play twelve minutes, but they get like little short bursts instead of the one long one. It's again, it just feels like the NBA. Just I think you're right, Mort. Like let this ride for the next five weeks. When the lottery odds change next season, there is far less incentive to tank. Like the top three teams all have the same odds, and then outside of the top three, you have the team with the fourth worst odds this year has worse odds, or the fourth best odds this year has worse odds than they will next year. Like the the right. the progression, the percentage progression is not nearly as steep under the new lottery system. So I I think you're right. I mean, I, I would be surprised if the new lottery system didn't fix things to some degree. Well, okay. And a different thing as well, just so I don't forget. Because right now, I, I don't want to be apologetic to the Bulls necessarily because I also feel they messed up in a different way. You know, everyone was sitting there going trade Robin Lopez mm-hmm. and Justin Holiday mm-hmm. at the deadline. And, you know, they didn't do it and they admitted they had like trade deals you know they had offers Mm -hmm. and when you stick with those guys and argue well you know veterans are wonderful to have around for the kids and whatnot 
you still put yourself in this position mm-hmm. by not trading those guys. You, if that had been ten cents on the dollar, so be it. Just move them. Like you look at what Sam Hinkie did. Sam during the, the 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 whole rebuilding process and everything, like he just cleaned house, and the Sixers played the best guys who right. were on the roster. Right. They just stunk. Yeah. Just... Which is completely like that was the plan. Yeah. But at no point did the Sixers not put out their best team. Right. So the Bulls in that manner just did not do enough to tank, which they haven't done all year. I mean, look, the Bulls fail at so many things. They can't even tank right. It's unbelievable. <laughs> well the Bulls Like look at that look at the season. They, They're they, eighth. They would have had more talent than the Sixers did during the first two or three years of that rebuild, just with Levine oh, yeah. done. Uh, marketing Bobby Portis like, alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. you're right. I mean, like, Hanky, yeah, he, he did not rest players. He just had a roster full of D League players, which, you know, was, was an equal affront to the game, I guess, or to competitive integrity, but in a different way. And the NBA <laughs> intervened behind the scenes and effectively got him fired later. <sighs> I'm still, in, I'm not still yeah. bitter about that. Don't worry. Uh, no, you know what? I, I, I would be because I, I still feel that the injury in the the NBA intervening in this way was so wrong because the the NBA set the system. Mm-hmm. So when they set a system and executives find a way to manipulate it, <laughs> right. that's not on the GM. Yeah. Like that's his job. That's yeah. his goddamn job. So why should the league go in and punish something? that they have started up by not fixing the rules. That's just dumb. Right. It's so dumb. Yeah. Right. You incentivize a certain way of team building and then you punish someone for exploiting it to its logical extreme. Right. Yeah. Right. All right, Mort, let's let's pivot away from the Bulls. Uh let's go to the Oakland C Thunder who recently signed Corey Brewer to replace yeah. Andre Roberson who was done for the year. Uh, Brewer, he did not make a huge impact in his first game with the Thunder, but in his third game on Thursday night against the Phoenix Suns, he moved into the starting lineup, had 17 points, four rebounds, an assist, a steal, and two threes in 28 minutes. Is he a thing? Is this, should we care about Corey Brewer? (laughs) Uh, well, I I would have said no previously because I thought he was done. Yeah. Really, really done. But the thing is, though, I think it's just about him getting to a place where he can be the maniac that he is because he's a high-intensity uh, player. Mm-hmm. He, he flails around, and he's all over the court, and I think that confuses a lot of opposing teams. Mm-hmm. When he's on defensively and he just moves around like a madman, that just creates so much havoc. And the Thunder has have needed that disruptive guy, mm-hmm. and with so much offense coming from you know, Russell and Paul George, and I, I wanted to say Carmelo, <laughs> but his seventeen point average is right. not exactly sufficient for that. Yep. It just allows Corey to play off of those guys a lot more. And I don't want to go as far as to say he's a thing because I don't think we've seen enough of that quite yet. Mm-hmm. He did play well against Houston. I have I haven't seen the Phoenix game, but I did see the the Houston game, and he played well there. He mm-hmm. was just all over the court. Um, but I've, whatever works at this point for OKC, if if Corey starts hitting jumpers and he's a, a positive asset defensively, mm-hmm. they should count their lucky stars because 
Lord knows they need something. Right. Yeah, I think that's the thing, ultimately. When Roberson went down, it was a little bit before the trade deadline. We thought they were going to make a move to get another kind of, hopefully, a 3 and D guy. I know Roberson is just oh. a D guy, but he's elite on that end to make up for his offensive shortcomings. They didn't make a move. They tried Alex Abridas and Josh Questis, both of whom show flashes, but they're really inconsistent. They're not who you want to rely mm. on as starters if you're – you know, they have very much a win-now team. They need Paul George to re-sign. Like, this is their... They're all in at this point. So then you figure, yeah, they're probably going to go to the buyout market. And Corey Brewer's probably the best they could do. I mean, I guess if Marco Bellinelli signed there, that would have been good too. But, like, Corey Brewer, he's not anywhere near the defender that Roberson is. But, again, you're not going to find that on the buyout market. But he is more of a threat offensively. And if he's going to be that release valve, basically, where, you know, teams mm. are doubling Paul George or doubling Russ, or I don't know why you would double Carmelo Anthony at this point in his career, but maybe they get tricked into doubling Carmelo Anthony. And Corey Brewer finds himself wide open behind the three-point arc. If he can knock down a couple of those shots or if he can make things happen, if he can add, you know, 10 points a game, a couple of rebounds, an assist, a steal, a couple threes that's going to be a really valuable addition to that Thunder team. Oh, yeah. Like, I, you know, the Thunder, before Roberson went down, they were fifth in the NBA in defensive rating. Between the time Roberson went down and when Brewer signed, they fell to 18th. They were allowing 108.4 possessions a game. We were operating with a ridiculously small sample size, three games since Brewer had been active, but they are back up to eighth. In that three-game span, 102.9. Again, I know you know, playing the Suns really tilts that uh, probably to an unfair degree. But uh, it, it's at least I'm more intrigued by the Thunder now and I'm less nervous about their playoff prospects now than I was a week ago. I'll say that much. Well, I mean, Corey Brewer, if there's one thing he's been lacking throughout the course of his career, it's consistency. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what you're asking him to contribute in order to be not nervous. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that makes me nervous. Yeah, That's a conundrum, but that makes me nervous. Um, well, I guess we'll see. I, I still think that they should have given more minutes to Terrence Ferguson earlier on. Mm, yeah. I think that would have been... I, that's, that's kind of the thing. I, I have a problem with NBA teams not uh, trying to give, uh, you know, possible alternatives, shots here and there. Mm-hmm. Terrence Ferguson, like, if he had played, uh, not necessarily a whole bunch of minutes, like, if he had played, what, four or five hundred minutes over the course of the year, which I think could have been feasible, mm-hmm. like, I, I think he would be mentally more prepared. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And, and that would have been a huge thing for him going forward. Yeah, it's... They, they had options, just none of them were that consistent, I think, was the problem. And they like all of those guys will come off the bench to some degree and hopefully contribute a handful of points, rebounds, threes, whatever. But, yeah. you know, I, I think all of them were just too inconsistent, mostly due to their lack of experience and lack of age. And as you said, Mort, like, this is probably, you know, in the regular season's the time to get them that seasoning so by the time they get to the playoffs they could actually make a contribution like this is what good teams do is you don't lean heavily Mm. on your starters you get your i mean look at the raptors you get a bunch of bench guys 
some real legitimate playing time. So by the time they come to the playoffs, even if you shorten right. your rotation and limit their roles, they're used to actually making a difference. So yeah, I mean, that's that's a well a downfall of the Thunder, but they lucked into Corey Brewer at least. I, I should correct myself though. I, I I just looked up Terrence Ferguson. He actually played six hundred and six minutes this season. That did not feel like it though. Yeah. But I mean, that's that's on me. I thought he played significantly less. Yeah, he's he started a couple games right after Roberson went down, I believe. But yeah. they, they quickly shifted away from that because he just he he had a couple games. Well, then at least they tried. Yeah, he was. I think I want to say the first. Five games after Roberson went down, he had like two points combined. So then they were like, "Yeah, he's just a, he's not giving us anything. We need something from that spot. We have to right. turn to alternative." Yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I'm looking over at, at uh, his game log here. I, I see he just in the big minute games he played, he was just not effective. <laughs> he had a 30 minute game where he scored zero points. Yeah. So yeah. And, yeah, and he had a yeah. couple. No, of, that's fair. He had a couple of explosive performances right at the start of the new year, which made you think, like, yeah, yeah against the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and then it made you think, like, oh, maybe this is a thing. Maybe they can rely on him. Mm. You know, if God forbid, if anything happens, Roberson, and then, yeah, he just went completely missing in action. I think, yeah, he was yeah. he was over those five starts, two points on zero of four shooting combined. Not then great. my previous commentary should be redacted. <laughs> I, I uh, but it's still I'll own up to that. I one. mean, it goes to the point that they just didn't have a reliable option, like yeah. behind Roberson. They needed something. We it's you know the the jury remains out whether Brewer is that, but he's just at least been in those situations before. He he will help keep that starting unit more effective than it was with a guy who was just giving them nothing i'm i keep going on about this but i'm just saying justin holiday at the trade deadline would have made so Mm -hmm. much sense yeah i mean we talked about it kyle sinkler and a couple second rounders yeah why not yeah you take on additional money so yeah yeah um one more you were talking about things that make you nervous so we gotta go to this stephen curry now Mm -hmm. Two ankle injuries in the past week. He stepped on... The yeah. most recent one was on Thursday. He stepped on DeJunte Murray's foot um, the week before he stepped on Zaza Pachulia's foot. Once again, the curse of Zaza. No, not even his own teammates are safe from him. But same ankle now. He has is, he is tweaked twice in the last week. We know, you know, it's been, thankfully, it's been a couple of years now since he's had major ankle problems, but that was yeah. a serious issue early in his career and led him to taking that massively discounted deal in retrospect. He missed last night's game against the Blazers. He is also going to miss Sunday's game against the Wolves. I mean, we're, we're still more than a month removed from the playoffs, Marty. There's plenty of time to get healthy, but are you mm-hmm. a little nervous about this? Well, you know, I, I know a lot of people are because of the history, but it's like I, I was looking at it. That was back in 2012. Yeah, the 2011 2012 season. Mm-hmm. I just don't. I don't think you have lingering issues for what six years, and in that time span, you know, those 
full five seasons in between, including two MVPs and two championships and a hell of a lot of games played, mm-hmm. I, I, I think that would have come up previously. This just seems like freak accidents, and that's kind of it. Yeah. Um, I'm not overly concerned. Uh, I would have been if his angle had gone the way of Gordon Hayward. Oh, then I would have uh, been concerned. Yeah, that's fair. I'm, I'm definitely not as concerned about Steph as I am about Gordon Hayward. I'll give you that. But right, he did, didn't he? It was a couple of years ago, the year where they didn't win the finals. He had some ankle issues yeah. early in the playoffs as well. Oh, yeah, where he, he missed some time, right? Mm-hmm. And, I, yeah. you know, he, he came back, like, yeah, he missed a couple. He missed three games in the Houston series, the first-round series against Houston, and then he missed the first three against Portland. He comes right. back, his first game back, he drops 40 points. So, you mm-hmm. know, <laughs> if he does that, the Warriors aren't going to complain. But, you know, he just, he wasn't, I don't want to say he didn't look right because you know he put up massive numbers regardless but he he, he wasn't like i don't think he was a hundred percent throughout the, that entire oh playoffs. no he wasn't yeah no he wasn't yeah. he, he wasn't moving great in the finals either right like that, that people noted that that was that was a big discussion point remember that yeah. like oh did lebron not deserve the championship right if curry had been healthy should he have yeah all that i remember that so now um i mean he's had you're right more these are like freak accidents he's just stepping on people's feet which happens but it's happened a couple times now this season it's starting to make me just a little bit nervous i'm not you know Mm. I'm, i'm still if i had to pick today gun to my head I would still pick the Warriors to win the finals, but like the more and more the season goes on, the Rockets, you know, they they look really good. The Raptors look really good. Like it, I'm starting to see paths for the Warriors not to win the finals, much more so than I did at the beginning of the season. Yeah, but that doesn't really. I mean, that's a team-wide issue. I feel like they they were just coasting, and I get it. I, I mean, you'd have to be crazy not to get it. Right. But you would figure, like, we're in the middle of, or, well, nearing the middle of March, mm-hmm. might be time to just switch that on button on and start showing what you've got. Yeah. Because you can't just do it in game one of the playoffs, I don't think, personally. Mm-hmm. I mean, I might be wrong. It, it could be that they are coasting until the last day of the regular season. They go into the playoffs and then they just become the Beatles. I don't know. <laughs> right. But... Well, uh, but this yeah. this ankle stuff now, like their top priority for the next month is entering the playoffs healthy. Everyone, hundred or like as close to a hundred percent as possible. So, right, like I agree with you. I expect them to turn things on now, much much mm. as I do with the Cavaliers. But if Curry's, you know, I <laughs> I would prioritize Curry's health over that. Like if I'm the Warriors, I'm not letting him play again until that thing is. 100% back to normal. So maybe they don't have time with, you know, maybe Curry misses a week. Maybe he misses two weeks. Maybe mm. they just don't have the time that you would want them to have to, like, get geared up for the playoffs. And maybe, as you said, like, maybe it does come to a- mid-April. And it's like, all right, we we now need yeah. to flip that switch. We haven't been able to do, like, progressively ramp things up over the last month because Steph's missed some games. You know, if 
if they get down to the end of the season and Houston has a two-game lead over them in the standings, they're going to start resting starters. They, I don't I don't think they care that much about home court, at least in the West, maybe in the East, but they should be fine there either way. I yeah, I don't know. It's it's gonna be it's interesting. I I again, I'm not like uh, I'm not horrifically worried about Steph, but it's just something to like raise a flag in the back of your mind. Like stick a little post-it note. Yeah. Be like, all right, this is this. We we need to circle back here in a month just to make sure everything's okay. So the the Golden State Warriors are finishing uh, their last five games of the season. Mm-hmm. Or four of the last five games of the season uh, are road games. Mm-hmm. And usually I would go, you know what? Just skip the final five. Mm-hmm. Just sit out the last. Take your starters out for the final five. Just give the bench some reps, the young guys, whatever. Because the big guns, they're going to be ready for that. Mm-hmm. At this point, I probably wouldn't dare. I mean, unless over the next six or seven games, I see a significant difference where they turn on and they do something more substantial. Mm-hmm. I'm probably not inclined to sit them, honestly. Yeah, which is a concern in of in and of itself, right. really. Right, because they've the last couple of years now they've been resting starters pretty liberally toward the end of every season. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch. And more, you referenced this thread that we have earlier with a couple other basketball guys. We a conversation. I don't remember how it came up the other day, but it was about what it would take for the Rockets to have a successful season. Like, what would it? How far do they need to go to consider this season a success? And I think it's actually a really interesting topic to discuss because, mm. like, Daryl Morey all year has said, we have been, <laughs> we designed this team with the Warriors in mind. We have our eyes on the Warriors all season. They've clear I mean they're still neck and neck with the Warriors right now. They are currently a half game up on the Warriors cuz both the Rock the Rockets lost to the Raptors last night, the Warriors lost to the Blazers last night. But they are so far ahead of every other team in the West. It's a two-man race for that top spot mm-hmm. uh, and home court advantage throughout. I mean, if San Antonio gets Kawhi back, if Minnesota gets Jimmy back, there are pathways for other teams to upset one of them, but at this point, it would be a major upset if it wasn't the Houston Golden State Conference Finals. So, what do you think it takes for Houston to consider this season a success more? Do they need to make it to the Conference Finals? Do they need to take Golden State to six or seven? Do they need to win? Do they need to win the Finals? First of all, NBA Finals, not Western Conference Finals. That's going to be the NBA Finals. Um, if, if it's the you know Houston and, and Golden State because <laughs> Cleveland is not looking specifically intrusive at this point. Toronto uh, is. I, I love Toronto is, but do you are you at that point where you go Toronto is on the same level as no. as Golden State and Houston? Because I I would have them as a distant third yeah. if anything. Yeah, I would too. Yeah. All right, but but to answer your question, there's there's kind of several answers to this because if I'm the Rockets. If I'm Daryl Morey and the coaching staff and the players and whatnot, I think it's title or bust. Mm. I, I don't even if I lose on a fifty-five foot buzzer beater in Game Seven of the Finals. That's just a miracle hail mary shot from Sasa Pachulia. <laughs> I mean, basically meaning that I would have won the series if not Sasa just you know got <laughs> got lucky. Right, divine um, intervention. 
exactly. Like I then I I, I wouldn't be satisfied. I mm. want the hardware regardless. Look at how how they're playing right now. If I'm a part of that, I'm I'm going. I'm going to win the championship. Yeah, that's that's what what I, where I'm going to end up. Um, fans are harsh critics, mm-hmm. and I would go as far as to say that the season that they're having right now is so bloody excellent that obviously the level of expectations put upon them are great. And I would be disappointed if they did not take uh, the Warriors to at least six mm. in the Western Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. But if they get swept by the Dubs in the Conference Finals, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it would ruin a little bit. But I would still look at Houston as having had one hell of a season. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think that should be taken away from them. They are James Harden is maybe the most productive offensive player we've ever seen in a single season Mm -hmm. i i think i read something about him producing like the most points single-handedly uh of all time the efficiency to come with it like points and yeah right exactly so what he's doing is is just absurd and the way that chris paul just integrated with that whole team so well i mean i'm not gonna look at this houston team and go well You've done messed up. I'm not going to look at that. I really, right. I'm, I'm really not. Yeah. Teams can go cold, and if they go cold from the outside, even if they even if they have great looks, that's just how the ball flies. I mean, I can't blame them for that. Um, I, 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 yeah, title or bust for them. Ex, you know, Western Conference Finals, six, seven games for me. Yeah, that would be the big cutoff. But I wouldn't be disappointed. I would just be sad for them. Yeah, I would be disappointed if they didn't make the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, I think all of that is fair. Um, you know, I get if you're right. Like, if they make the Western Conference Finals and get swept, it's gonna have like some 2014-15 Atlanta Hawks vibes to it, where that team won 60 games, had four All Stars. You know. <laughs> Got, I believe that's the furthest they ever got in, uh, I mean, at least yeah. since the, you know, the last 30-plus years. Cleveland sweeps them, you know, and then the Hawks team, in retrospect, people are like, well, were they that good? This Houston team is really effing good. Like, if, yeah. if not for Golden State, this Houston team would be the NBA Finals favorite right now. Like, in any other normal year, if, if a team like Golden State did not exist, Houston would be right up there as the front-runner for the NBA title. So, yeah, I'm with you, Mort. I think the Houston players, Daryl Morey, Mike D'Antoni, they are out to win the title this year. They believe they are legitimately as good, if not better, than the Warriors. They believe they have a real shot to beat them. They will be disappointed if they lose in the Western Conference Finals, regardless of how it, you know, even if it goes seven, as you said, even if it's Zaza Pachulia hitting a shot he has no business hitting, they would be crushed, I think, if they didn't get to the finals. And then, mm. you know, by that time, as you said, if they beat the Warriors, whoever the East throws out at them, the Raptors are a really good team. This is no disrespect to them, but they are not the Warriors. If you beat the Warriors and then lose to whoever comes out of the East, you're just going to feel like you let yourself down. Like you had it and then you yeah. just blew it. So, right. yeah, I mean... If I'm a if I'm a Rockets fan, I'd be happy with them going at least six in the Western Conference Finals. But I think you're right, Mort. I think the Rockets players and executives, coaching staff, they all expect to win. They really think this is their oh, year. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I I mean I don't doubt that for a second. Could you imagine Daryl Morey 
trying to put a positive spin on like he would he would throw <laughs> up before he wanted to put a positive positive spin on a non-championship season like this yeah. absolutely or it's gonna lead to lebron somehow gunning to the rockets next year he's gonna pull a kd from two years ago where they <laughs> they're up 3-1 they blow a 3-1 lead and he's like oh okay this is my I actually, (laughs) I'm the missing piece. So here, just sign and trade me. You could get rid of Eric Gordon, get rid of Ryan Anderson. Don't worry, I'll I'll be the missing piece here. (laughs) Oh my God, that could happen, couldn't it? Yeah, in theory, that's yeah. Yeah. So I guess that would be the one silver lining. If a loss in the Western Conference Finals led LeBron James to sign with you, then regardless of what happens, it's a resounding success. But otherwise. It does feel like this is, we just don't know what's going to happen next year. Like they, they have a damn good shot of doing it this year. Seize the day, oh. Rockets. Okay, more. Let's finish things off with our crush of the week. Who do you have? I have the Pelicans as a whole. Ooh, okay. Um, simply because what they've done without Boogie is just impressive. I know that most of that falls on Brow, deservingly so, but. Brian, don't tell this to anyone, but they're fourth in the West. I know. (laughs) This is absolutely amazing. And, you know, I I can't really explain it, obviously, outside of Brown, but Nikola Miritich Mm -hmm. this season has just been a a beast. Yeah. Like, he returns to the Bulls lineup, and suddenly they just go on a major winning streak. And, like, I've looked it up. Nikola Miritich on the season, he's... Uh, in the games that he's played, 24 wins, 15 losses. And that was with a bad Bulls team that came around to being bad while he was there at the tail end. So that's that's all kinds of impressive. It really is. Um, I I think that that outside shooting mentality really helped them because Mm -hmm. teams are scrambling to get out to him and that just frees up Brow so much. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I really really hope that those guys keep Boogie for next year, for next year yeah. uh, and then run that lineup out. And shout out to Drew Holiday, yes. man. He's just been so good. Yep. I can't believe that people are keep on keeping sleeping on him because he's he's just so damn good. What's he at right now? I think, yeah, 19 a game, almost six assists, four rebounds, almost 50% from the field, 80 from the line. And he's playing hard-nosed defense, setting guys up. Like, he's been... He's been so underrated, mm-hmm. and uh, I I love to see that that third guy is stepping up, and I I feel we kind of slept on him while Boogie was healthy too because mm-hmm. everyone was like oh they have two guys and that oh they they had Drew all the way through it as well right uh, and I'm glad to see him getting his dues now but next season Brian if Drew AD Boogie Nico is there. Mm-hmm. And you and you also keep Etwan Moore, or is he a free agent? I'm not really sure. Uh, let's see. Believe no, no, he, he signed. signed. Yeah, he signed. Oh yeah, he signed four year. Yeah. I thought he signed two year. Yeah. No, he's he's there. Yep. I mean, that could make noise. They'll have Solomon. That could Hill make back some noise. Well. Oh, that's that's interesting, right? Yeah. I mean, this this the Pelicans are interesting. I didn't I, I didn't think I'd say that. I know. And don't forget your boy Rajon Rondo. He's actually been putting up some big numbers lately. Ah, uh, new phone. Who dis? <laughs> you 
You know I'm right. The last five, he has 11.4 points, 8.4 assists, five and a half yeah. rebounds. A couple. He he's got these weird six yeah, threes. He's got these. He's got these weird stretches where he actually plays well, and then the, the thing with Rondo is it's legitimately night, night and day. Yeah, like he he can be the worst guy on the court and not just from a starter's perspective like from right. everyone who's played that night because he can't hit anything he's making weird passes that just goes out of bounds he bitches to the refs <laughs> and just doesn't play defense yep. and then when he's tuned in he can be arguably a, a top three guy on the court it's yeah. it's so it's it, the, the margins of of productivity are so wide from him it's just so weird but I guess right now he's hitting his stride. Yeah, he's got he's in full like TNT Rondo mode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The they, the Pelicans absolutely deserve a shout out. We all consider them dead in the water after Boogie went down, and for them to be fourth in the West in this type of environment where every single game matters is shocking. I mean, mm. we still don't know. There's still you know seventeen, eighteen games left. There are a lot of teams still jostling for those spots. So, fingers crossed. I believe Brow is supposed to play on Sunday. He got banged up a couple times in the last week, but I think he's supposed to come back. Knock on wood, he will avoid any more injuries down the stretch because this Pelicans team deserves to make the playoffs. They've been playing exceptionally well, you know, especially over the past 10, 11 games or so. But it's a testament to... I just love that Anthony mm. Davis is just like, F it, I'm the best player in the NBA. Now I'm just going to show it now. He's, yeah. oh my God, he's incredible. Um, all right, more. my crush of the week. I'm going Larry Nance Jr. So Trist- yeah, Tristan Thompson it. went down. He's going to be out for a couple weeks. Kevin Love is out. Jeff Green was dealing with the back issue for a bit. Larry Nance Jr. stepped into the Cavs starting lineup for the last three games. Here are his lines. 22 points and 15 rebounds against the Pistons. 13 and 13 against the Nuggets. 16 and 12 mm. against the Clippers. Even before yeah. that, in the three games before that as well, so over his past six games now, only three of which he started, averaging almost 15 points, 11 rebounds, more than a steal, almost a block and an assist, and only 28 and a half minutes. I mean, kudos to yeah. Kobe Altman, the Cavs GM. Because, you know, there are a lot of mixed reviews on the Cavs trade deadline moves and whether it helped them in the short term or if it was just like they're preparing for the future without LeBron. Larry Nance Jr. was a guy who I had a feeling was going to be kind of probably like the best player they picked up at this year's deadline. And so far he has been proving that. And I, it's going to mm-hmm. be really interesting to see what happens when Tristan and Kevin Love come back? Because he's played so damn well in the starting lineup. Like, you can't cut his role down that much, can you? If you're Ty Lue? Like, this guy... No. I mean, if if you're looking for a small ball counter to the Warriors... Oh, yeah. He's playing center against the Warriors, right? Like, he has mm-hmm. to start at center. Yeah. It's... Yeah, absolutely. Like, he's, he's boom-bastic as well. That's kind of the thing they didn't have that before. Like when they started Tristan Thompson for so long, it was very mechanical, not really an offensive threat. You wouldn't see him just spot up for 16 mm-hmm. feet and, and just keep shooting that shot. 
Nance is, is kind of all over the place. You don't really know what he's <laughs> going to do. Like, he'll step out and take a three, and he'll dunk on your in your face, like, the next time down. Mm-hmm. And and there's just a level of freedom in his play that you don't find with, with Tristan Thompson. And to some extent, Kevin Love as well. Mm-hmm. He just gives you more energy, more, you know, different shot shot-making abilities, and just different looks. As a defense, you have to understand that, okay, I can't just guard this guy outside or inside. Okay, I, I need to be very methodical about how I defend this dude. Mm. I need to know, okay, if he's right here, he I, I have to play him for both the shot and the drive. Whereas with Kevin, you never play Kevin Love for the drive. Right. Never. Because right. he's he's one of the guys in the league. He, at least he used to. I haven't looked up the numbers this year, but he was one of the lowest uh, driving usage rates in the league. Like, he just never drove the ball. It was basically just spotting up or going into the post, right? Mm-hmm. But here, and, and Tristan Thompson, a driver, are you kidding me? Yeah. Uh, and, and now you suddenly have a guy who is multifaceted offensively. Yep. I I think that gives the Cleveland Cavaliers a different look, which I appreciate. And the fact that he's a, he's a strong defender mm-hmm. just adds to it. Yeah. He's like I best the best way to describe him is a spark plug. I think he just adds yeah. some much needed energy to that Cavaliers starting group. Um yeah, I mean to his credit defensively especially, he's just so versatile and he can switch I mean much better than Kevin Love can, but as well if not better than Tristan Thompson can too, I would argue. He can't he doesn't have oh, yeah. the bulk to defend like a Jonas Valančiūnas, which could be an issue against in a series against Toronto, but doesn't look like Cleveland's gonna have to worry about that till the Eastern Conference Finals, anyway. Um, I mean, it's he just gives them the versatility that they're gonna need if you know if, if they make it to the finals and if the Warriors are there, they need a small ball counter. Nance Jr. is that guy. It's I, you know, yep. I, I like for the Raptors' sake. I hope they make it because they've clearly been the best team in the East. But if we're going to have round four of Warriors-Cavs, at least Nance Jr. adds a new element. So it's not just like rinse, repeat from last year. Yep, I would agree with that. So more, that's a good place for us to wrap up. Uh, thank you all for tuning in today. Please follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. You can find our bios in our Twitter handle, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some reviews. We would love any five-star feedback. Uh, and please check out FanRag Sports on Twitter as well, at FanRag Sports, and for their NBA content at FRS Hoops with a Z. Until next time, I'm Brian Tapork, and I was joined by Morton Jensen. Mort, get ready to talk some NCAA prospects next week. Yeah, baby, draft. <laughs> I am all aboard on the draft. I've been waiting for this for so long. Yeah. It's going to be fun. With be. a secret guest, we're hoping. Yes, yeah, we should have a guest on, and uh, he should prepare himself for me to ask a million questions about future Sixer Mikal Bridges. Oh, you had to get that one in there. <laughs> of course you did. Yep. Yeah. All right, catch you later, boy. Talk to you later, Bri. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy.
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> All right. Save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations.